Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. The British people have had enough of waiting. The time has come to act. People are really angry out there. They're angry that the referendum's not being carried out. But they're even angrier that politicians' promises to them have been broken. Given how huge this decision is for our country, the severe consequences there will be for generations, it is time to put this back to the people and stop this Brexit chaos. We will do everything necessary to stop a disastrous no deal. You're listening to Bloomberg Westminster, your daily guide to British politics. I'm Sebastian Salik. And a very good afternoon. I'm Caroline Hepke. Will you join us at a very exciting moment? Uh, Seb, the courts have thrown a spanner in the works. The Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, has lost a Scottish court ruling over the suspension of Parliament. Yeah, strong words from those uh, judges. A panel in Edinburgh saying that the Prime Minister's move to prorogue Parliament, which took effect on Monday night, remember, was unconstitutional. So what happens now? Yeah, indeed. This little quote that I picked up from Twitter, Boris Johnson is the first prime minister to have been found by a court to have misled a king or queen. The stakes couldn't be higher. Uh, That quote, of course, from the legal expert, uh, David Allen Green. So that's one take. Did the prime minister mislead the queen? Yeah, and there was so much discussion before he went to Buckingham Palace. Is the prime minister really going to bring the queen into this? Of course he did. And now look where we are. Yeah, indeed. Uh, But lots more on the programme, of course. Yes, of course. We're going to get reaction in a moment from John Crudders, the veteran Labour MP. He joins us here in the studio. And where are we with Brexit? Is there any wiggle room (laughs) in Boris Johnson's position on the Irish backstop? We've got hopeful noises from the DUP and hopeful noises out of Brussels. Is somebody going to end up disappointed out of this? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, look, let's uh, take you to our top story. We'll get on to uh, Brexit in a moment. Toil and trouble for Boris Johnson, the Scottish case. The Prime Minister has lost this court ruling on suspending Parliament. Now, the judges say that the Prime Minister's move was to stymie Parliament, in their words. Uh, and uh, if uh, we want to hear a bit more about this... SNP MP Joanna Cherry, one of the campaigners actually who was involved in this case, along with what 70 others said, mm. she says that it's about stopping a no deal Brexit first. But then, of course, she does fancy her chances in an election. The time will come for an election and we as SNP MPs relish that because we feel we have a very strong case to put to the Scottish public on the way the British Constitution is creaking and the need for independence for Scotland. So fighting talk there from Joanna Cherry of the SNP and, of course, many saying that the SNP are likely to do pretty well in Scotland if we did have another election as things stand. But more confusion then from this court case. We've got Jonathan Browning here, our legal reporter, Bloomberg's very own, who's been covering every twist and turn in this story. Bloomberg, uh, Jonathan Browning here. I've been following your stories with great attention. Uh, very, very helpful. Start us off then. The court in Scotland finding the prorogation to be null and void. Talk us through the conclusion. That's right. The Court of Session in the Inner House, which is Scotland's highest court, um, came out with their decision this morning. Uh, They said Johnson's move to prorogue was unlawful, um, as you say, because it was motivated by the improper purpose of stymieing Parliament. One of the quotes that really stands out from one of the judges, um, I think, is is worth reading out. And it was it was this one. 
um, he said this was an egregious case of a clear failure to comply with generally accepted standards of behaviour of public authorities. Mm, okay, so that's pretty damning in that statement. But the government response, of course, quite different. Parliament is still prorogued until you get an actual suspension. So what's their pushback been? So they said they were disappointed. They'd appeal the case to the country's <laughs> top court. Um, the one thing that's perhaps worth pointing out here is that the Scottish court held off actually um, undoing the prorogation. They right. said it was unlawful, but they didn't perhaps take the final step. So we've had a lack of legal certainty here, really. Uh, what happens now? Can Parliament sit? Judges didn't issue an order, but we heard from Jolly and Mom, who's bringing the case, that they can. What, where do we lie? Well, we have both um, positions being being kind of put out there and, and put out there with some um, vehemence, to be honest. Um, the government uh, says this is still a matter for them um, and and we're waiting for them. But as I say, like the fact that the court didn't issue the order um, overturning overturning that, that prorogation uh, leaves us with this sort of limbo. OK, limbo. Yeah, I cannot think of basically a worse situation to be in. I mean, I, I you know, we thought that there was a lack of clarity. Um, you know, I mean, it's the only thing that one can cling to, really, I suppose, in all of this, no matter what your position is. People want to know now what's going on. So then do you think, um, again, searching for clarity, that, that this will be a precedent for the other cases? Because there there's another case in Belfast and one in London, again, on the prorogation issue. It won't be a precedent. Uh, the courts are coming to their own decisions separately. Okay. Um, and as it happens, we're going to get the reasoning behind the English case in the next few minutes. Um, they said, we don't have a problem with this. Um, however, all three cases, and the Belfast one uh, is set to rule tomorrow, um, they all end up in the Supreme Court next week, where the judges will have to reconcile different judgments. We have the Scottish case saying one thing, and then the English case say- seems to be saying something opposite. So it's all down to our most senior judges then. Thank you very much, Bloomberg's legal reporter, Jonathan Browning, for untangling the mess that is this case, or these cases, I should say, going through the court system at the moment. So let's bring in John Crudus, the veteran Labour MP. Thank you very much for joining us, John. Got to ask you about this. Where do you stand? Are you heading back to Parliament right now? I actually am. I've got a suit and tie on and I'm heading back there because um, we are all sort of in a state of bewilderment in terms of what this actually means. Am I in recess or is Parliament prorogued? We should have been in recess anyway. Um, this week. Um, But given the events of uh, Monday, we are formally prorogued, as I understand it, notwithstanding what this actually means. And there are competing interpretations of where we are. So um, there's a a fundamental ambiguity at the heart of this in terms of uh, where I stand as an elected representative, actually. Because in one sense, we are totally vindicated in terms of our position and the cross-party alliance this week, which said that this was playing fast and loose constitutionally. This was uh, again being played to uh, circumvent the democratic process in terms of debating the outstanding issues, given that the clock's ticking. There's only 50 days to go until we formally leave. Um, and losing five weeks there is not an insignificant amount of time. Yeah. And uh, where are we going to go? And where is the democratic accountability on behalf of the 70,000 people that I represent? This is, these are fundamental constitutional questions now that confront us. Arguably, we are in the middle of a constitutional crisis. Yeah, uh, in, indeed. Um, uh, and obviously, perhaps it's too early to know exactly what the kind of party hierarchy is, is saying. Uh, I mean, look, this has only just dropped. So, um, but yes, what happens now if you do sit, if you do go back? You know, it's all a lot of kind of ifs and maybe still. Do you call for an election now? Well, I, I don't think so. What the 
Prime Minister wanted to do was mm. spend five weeks galloping around the country. Um, rather than being Brussels, actually brokering a deal, he wanted to be on uh, campaigning. Even if we were prorogued and he still didn't get his election campaign, he wanted to be out on the stump. Now, we were saying all throughout we should be in Parliament brokering a deal, you know. Um, others say we should be uh, revoking Article 50. That's the formal Liberal Democratic position now. Um, the Brexit position is hardening in terms of anti-no deal. Tom Watson, my deputy leader, came out mm. today arguing that we should having a referendum before an election. Jeremy Corbyn was at the TUC conference yesterday almost suggesting that there are routes through this, whether you want a deal or you want a second or you want to remain within the Labour Party. And there is a sort of avenue through both in terms of the options we would put in a future prospective referendum. So there are all sorts of competing uh, and hang on a sec, that's only people within your own party, sir. Well, that's party, just me. Sir. That's, just, that's, that's just our party. Conversely, how can you sell any of this on the doorstep? I'm completely confused. Well, I agree. I, I think this will this will be a very difficult sell on the doorstep to say our position. It looks like we are edging towards some sort of free vote within a future Labour government around a, 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 a new broker deal, a, a jobs first Brexit, if we've called it, which still would allow people in the government to support a deal and then campaign against it in a subsequent referendum. Now, that is that is. That is going. That is that is quite. You need to be quite an agile politician to sell that position because I cannot really yeah, see a so, route. So, what's that. your message then on the doorstep in Dagenham? Are you, who, who are you going to contradict? Essentially, is it going to be your leader or your deputy leader? Well, yeah, well, that's a very good point. And let let me put it this way: I still think we have fifty days to go. I think you're seeing the prime minister pivot away from his earlier strategy, which is a sort of slash and burn strategy with his uh, One Nation Conservatives, to almost purge them, harden up, squeeze the ground of the Brexit party and move towards a no 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 deal position. I think that has been he's been totally outmaneuvered over the last two weeks and he looks like he's pivoting towards trying to sort out a deal in the next five weeks. I sort of welcome that actually and um I'm part of a group of Labour MPs who would welcome um a, a return to the withdrawal agreement bill, not the actual withdrawal agreement that was uh, vote that was defeated three times, the outcome of the negotiations that were stalled earlier in the summer. Okay, so you're basically... That's basic- where I would want to return to. We've got five weeks to see if we can exhaust the possibilities around that sort of space. So this is, of course, you're supp- supporting Stephen Kinnock, yeah. basically the May plus plus yeah. deal, is it? The customs union, it's still that. But then, of course, it's Brexit in name only. Well, is it? I would say... There was there was a certain ambiguity around the terms of Brexit in terms of the referendum, and this could be interpreted as formally leaving the European Union, i.e., it's consistent but with the staying manifesto. Staying in the customs union, yes, but it was it's consistent with the manifesto I stood on in 2017, um, and I think it could be seen as a 52-48 result, if you want. Is that realistic, though? Is that going to get the numbers in Parliament? Because there are well, so many people who hate so many aspects of what I they put totally forward. agree. And you have the sense that the polls are hardening. You know, the, 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 mm. the centre ground is emptying by the day. You know, the revoke position seems to be formally established. The people's vote position seems to be the Tom Watson position, which is to choke off space for an election and sort out a second referendum. My position is not either of those two, nor is it the hard Brexit position. And I think there is a landing spot. But it's a very tricky one. And I doubt, given the mandate that Prime Minister Johnson came in on, which was to oppose the withdrawal agreement, he voted once for it out of three. I doubt, given his 
concerns vis-a-vis the Spartans as they self-identify in his mm. own party that he will ma- he will have the political guts to face them down even though he's sort of suggesting this overnight okay very quickly if there were a referendum which way would you vote well oh, i think that's way down the track i am a remainer you know um but i'm also uh, i do so uh, i uh, i respect the views of my constituents and i stood on an agenda that respects that in terms of translating that into the best possible deal on behalf of my constituents i want to talk about this northern o- northern ireland only backstop can that work is it feasible well there's a long way to go on this i i th- he seems to be sending out very different messages um, to different audiences which seems to be the hallmark of his administration to mm. date you know and at some stage making everyone happy you run out of road and we have 50 days to go i don't know if there's any life because i see other reports that he is trying to dust down an earlier idea he had as foreign secretary which is to literally build a 28 mile bridge between scotland Love and it. northern ireland as well. so he's throwing all these ideas in um it's very confusing I don't see how you can have some of these suggestions coming out of Dublin yesterday, which said that there might be room here. With the position of the DUP, I doubt if they're, if they're softening their line. But, I but look, see Boris this. Johnson and, is not reliant upon the DUP, is he? I mean, he's well, lost his If, if he is prepared to uh, push back against the DUP, and therefore it looks like he is then trying to broker a proper deal and push back against these Spartans, then there might well be space there. But has he got, A, the political agility to do that and the strength to do that given the mandate he was elected on as leader of the party and the centre of gravity in his own party looking like it's moving harder and harder towards a no-deal position. Can he push back and bend out of that position? Because he rode that wave very successfully to get his treasured leadership prime minister position. Can he then change lanes? Now that is very tricky and I doubt it. And that means there are dilemmas coming towards him in terms of will he ask for, to go back through these options, will he ask for an extension? Will he resign? Those those seem to me then the two because if if it if the deal I don't think he's going to be able to do a deal I think he should by the way um, he looks more and more hesitant in terms of no deal given the legislative changes we pushed through this week that means he has a resignation resignation issue or an extension issue but still in play and that is a very difficult one I assume the easier thing for him to do strangely would be to resign in those instances can you really see that happening this well, is Boris this, Johnson we're talking this, about exactly and this is this is all. This is all in the character of the man. You know, who, who is he? You know, what is he saying? What does he want? Is he the liberal mayor of London, one nation, um, Europhile? Or yeah. is he this guy who's who's riding this nativist wave, you know, which you yeah. see across Western market economies? And we have a specific form of it in the UK with Brexit. Where's he going to take this? Is he going to take this to its natural no-deal conclusion? I assumed with the appointment of Dominic Cummings and the prorogation strategy and the early election strategy that that was plan A. Now, that's been blown open. That has yeah. been blown apart in the last eight days. What does What's plan B? OK, uh, just going back to Ireland. Does that mean a de facto united Ireland? Well, does it? Um, I spend a lot of time in, in the west of Ireland. Yeah. And uh, there's a lot of talk around there that, that they are very literate around this subject. All Everyone in Ireland, because the stakes are very, very high. Of course. Um, and there is a Remain majority in the north, and there's a very strong European uh, identity in the south as well. Um, they can see that the hard border, the border in the Irish Sea looks like it's the, the more... It's gaining momentum politically. And that is very interesting in terms of where that leaves him within his own party, given that he's he's purged 22 of them just this last week. Is he then consequently going to purge another flank to secure a deal? What does that, does that mean a reckoning with all those who left this week? What could you do if your data was working for you? 
and not against you. With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more. So I've got to ask you about uh, an election if we get to it, because Labour, not traditionally the, the, the most trusted party on the economy. But of course, if we get this election after Brexit, that's going to be on everybody's minds. We've heard so much from experts about the impact that Brexit could have on the economy, on people's finances. How are you going to sell Labour on the doorstep, doorstep as, a, as, a, as a party that can be trusted with the economy? Well, part of it is linked to the consequences or the shakedown economically around a no deal. For example, in my part of East London, we have a, a major Ford car plant. Mm. We're dealing with diesel technology challenges as it is, and the consequences in terms of no deal across the supply chain, in terms of the best paid jobs in part of my constituency, will, ha- will be dramatic. Um, so that is one... It seems to me the Conservative Party are in danger of losing their economic bona fides because of the way they're playing fast and loose with the no-deal issue. That creates a huge opening for Labour if we can develop a manifesto which is radical but at the same time reassuring in terms of stating out a clear Ooh, agenda. Now, uh, Hang on. Now, uh, my investors' listener base, I know, will be wondering how you marry well, those ha- yeah, two well, ideas. That, well, that's, that is true. And that is going to be one of the outstanding issues assuming we're going to have an election in the next couple of months, how the economic, the, the, the character of the economic offer within Labour's manifesto is going to be very, very interesting. The, the 2017 manifesto was all about giveaways, that there was little clarity on how you were going to fund it. And everything that we heard from the TUC and Jeremy Corbyn yesterday was about workers' rights. I mean, obviously, that was the audience. Um, but that, that won't be reassuring uh, to investors particularly. I mean... We're choosing between two two evils, effectively, or, or two concerns, two worries, uh, when it comes to to the economy. You know, no deal, and you know, what are you going to do to 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 help business people? I guess, and that's that's the point I'm making. There is a recklessness around no deal, and that creates an opportunity to offer a more robust, enduring economic program for the country. Now that now. Will Labour take that? I think they will. I think John McDonald is proving to be a remarkably astute political campaigner as well as a policymaker. Now, there are issues. The Financial Times this last week have done a, a number of pieces on Labour's policy, for example, around employee share ownership funds and the future, worker ownership funds and some of the labour market initiatives that have been uh, staked out in the uh, TUC speech of the party leader, Jeremy Corbyn, yesterday will be seen as challenging to a number of um, some of your audience. On the other hand, I think we have to do much more to uh, regulate and create more stable employment patterns in this country, Mm -hmm. given the wage crash of the last decade, given the insecurity that is ricocheting through the housing market and the wider patterns of consumption. There there is a a key economic package in creating a more stable capitalism, if you want. I don't want to be too overdramatic here, but that's what this means. I mean, that that sounds like a great opportunity, but is Jeremy Corbyn the man to take that on? Will he do it? And if not, can you back him? Can you stand there hand on heart and say, this is the man we want in Downing Street? Yes, I will. Um, I think he can do it, actually. I think our last manifesto, I take your point that it was not a, an election uh, a few years ago that really tested the uh, numbers of both sure. manifestos. We see what would have been a Queen's speech, or we've seen the financial statement of the last couple of years by the Chancellor, which is splashing money around. You know, that, that is not, I mean, that is not the most uh, rigorous empirically in terms of the numbers that yeah, I saw. The, the it's latest all speculation round, yeah. on the basis of the consequences of the Brexit. And, and that is that is 
a very unpredictable environment. Uh, OK, uh, just on the election point then, um, you know, the, the polling has shifted a great deal, continues to shift a great deal. I, I think the public are, you know, in a very fluid mood. Surely Labour cannot actually, and Jeremy Corbyn would not get to number 10 without doing a deal with the Lib Dems. I don't know is the answer to that. I think you're going to see an extraordinary amount of tactical voting, however organised at the next election. Now, that might not mean a formal deal, but I think across all political parties, vis-a-vis the interlinks between, as you mentioned, the Brexit Party and the Conservative Party, depending on which way Boris jumps over the next five weeks. Similarly, between various nationalist parties, the Liberal Democrats and Labour, Um, Where that all shakes down will be very different. I don't think it will mean a formal deal. I just think you will have all sorts of organisations trying to cultivate a much more sophisticated form of tactical voting. So just to pin you down on that, would you support that? Labour looking at other parties for some sort of support? Oh, absolutely. I I think there is, especially if this, I mean, if there is an extension, if this precedes the still if no deal is still on the table that is the outstanding issue in terms of what that means on the right of politics in terms of relationship between the conservatives and brexit and similarly our capacity to create a deal across the more progressive side of the political divide what could you do if your data was working for you and not against you With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more.